This is the first time in my history that I have seen a Canadian market coast to coast to coast in every community feel this effect in, in the industry. Sarah Gouda and Jim Check from the Now Media Group ask questions, explore topics, and shine a light on the conversations that matter. We're here today with Elton Ash, Executive Vice President of Remax Canada, to discuss the 2022 Canadian housing market outlook. Welcome, Elton. Thank Great you for coming. to be coming. with you. I guess the, the big question is, you know, like, if you're farming, like, the sun is shining and you're making a lot of hay. Right. Like the real estate markets have been hot. I grew up farming. I know what that's like. <laughs> so, I mean, the real estate market has been super hot. Um, can you kind of give us a, like a, of where it's at? Do you think where it's at, where it's going? Yeah. Uh, it's a complicated situation. The COVID has certainly influenced to a tremendous amount. I mean, a year ago uh, or two years ago, March 2020, the economy had stopped. We thought the end of the world was coming in every industry or profession. And suddenly in July, real estate started to move. And that has continued to increase and build through to now, where here in Kelowna, we've seen an 18% price increase year over year to this date. Uh, you know, 41% increase of unit sales. It's just been in a, an amazing, and, and for the first time, and I've been in this business 41 years, and typically, it's regional in nature as to influence in the market. This is the first time in my history that I have seen a Canadian market, coast to coast to coast, in every community, feel this effect in, in the industry. It's kind of confounded a lot of people in the beginning, for sure. So what do you think drove it? Like, how, like is everybody expecting a drop? Like, everybody's expecting it to kind of like a fallout, and all of a sudden, it did the exact opposite. Yes, and it has been influenced by... Three major things. First, of course, with COVID, having children underfoot, you know, learn remote learning and that sort of thing, working remote and record low interest rates. And so we look at those three things and how that influenced. Well, of course, record low interest rates got to take advantage of that. But having the family at home and working at home, people suddenly found that what they thought was the perfect home was suddenly not so perfect. And it gave them choice. People that, uh, w my daughter, whose head office is in Ottawa, lives in Toronto, was looking, and she had just started with the company, was looking initially at moving to Ottawa. Suddenly they tell her, well, you're going to work from home. We're, we, you know, we shut down. And you can work from home forever now because we're moving totally remote. And, and so a lot of people face this. So if they had internet connectivity, they could work anywhere in the world, in essence, and that then gave a whole new world of options. And this is where every community felt this, because smaller communities, and Kelowna is a perfect example, feeling the effect of people from Vancouver and Toronto saying, hey, lifestyle, I can work in Kelowna, and, and, and that, or cottage country in the Muskokas. You know, so that, that is what has really brought this huge demand and shift in where people want to live. I guess some people would say, so that, that makes sense, but shouldn't there have been a drop somewhere, though? Like, that's that's the part that's puzzling when you say it's across Canada. You think, okay, so if we squeeze the toothpaste, a lot of the buying ends up in Kelowna, but so where did it drop? Like, how did... How did like, yeah, yeah. That, that's, a, that's the puzzle, right? It's the puzzle, all right. The uh, And so when we look at how the market evolved, and, and if we go back to March 20. People were caught suddenly. They had purchased 
and suddenly their home sellers took their homes off the market in fear of what this meant for COVID. No one was sure how it spread, what was going on. And so that caused an immediate drop of inventory. And people then were in this 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 never-never land, so to speak. They've sold, they've got to buy, there's nothing to buy. And this then put pressure, and this was felt. And that's why we didn't see a corresponding sort of people moved out of Vancouver to mm-hmm. Kelowna, for example. Why didn't get Vancouver feel that or, or, you know, throughout various markets was the inventory shortages that, that came about and how that added this pressure. So Kelowna seen an 18%? increase 18 or 19 20 year year over year in prices yes yeah and that's not the highest across canada no but is that one of the higher increases year over year in Kelowna that it's seen in its history or have there been other periods in well, time in Kelowna there's Kelowna has been a destination market forever kind of thing um and we have seen strong years in the past 20 percent i think back to 2006 and 7 prior to the great recession uh there was a lot of condos being built in Kelowna the speculation thing was going rampant and we saw that sort of annual price increase back then but of course those circumstances were were there there's always underlying factors that didn't happen elsewhere in the country it was kind of specific Mm -hmm. to Kelowna and Vancouver Uh, we had a huge influx uh Kelowna's seen a couple of boom bust cycles for sure yeah and it seems like it's like you know pretty much lit on fire right now though so it's it you would think it'd be tougher to find that bus cycle now but where do you see Kelowna kind of sitting with this work from home lifestyle and and the attractiveness of Kelowna but not a lot of single family home lots though right a lot of like up like especially downtown Kelowna West Kelowna more so in the single family homes I think we did a podcast the other day where they're saying they might bring on and I might get these numbers wrong like a close to 2,000 single-family lots. Is is that kind of like Kelowna's, if people look for single-family homes, they're going to be looking to Lake Country and, and West Kelowna and stuff, and then more more of the condominium-type lifestyle here in Kelowna? Well, it's the Okanagan in general that f- is feeling this, and it's a combination of factors that are going to feel, continue to feel the influx of the movement into the valley. Um, certainly municipalities, city of Kelowna, would prefer to see up rather than out. And I think that's true for all municipalities uh, in North America. Uh, it's just easier to provide infrastructure and the costs related to that. And Kelowna is facing infrastructure challenges right now, living here. So it, uh, and so we, I think we as society prefer to see that as well, but ultimately, and this is also based on demographics. Millennials, which is now the largest demographic population ever, out, outpacing the baby boomers, we're seeing the shift of that baby boom wealth to the millennial generation. And the millennials are like any other um, generation. Not, they're late launchers, let's say, you know, so they're, they're marrying later, having children later, but ultimately want the suburbs want the backyard for the kids to play in and that is also influencing where people want to live yeah i mean sarah's would be in that category and i'm dropping papers everywhere <laughs> we'll just let them go <laughs> and i and i'm sure that some of the big questions that sarah can probably pose it is 
a lot of millennials, unless they're getting money from their parents, are pretty, you know, like that dr- home ownership dream is kind of like a distant future. It's a challenge. Absolutely. Uh, but as I mentioned, this, this uh, wealth transfer that's going on, the bank of mom and dad is alive and well. Uh, but this is a personal situation, of course. Um, buying your first home, whether it was back in 1980 for me, or today is always a difficult situation, but it is. Affordability is the big issue in this country right now. It was brought up in the House of Commons a couple of days ago during question period. I mean, this is, there were a lot of promises made in this last federal election around affordability and provincial governments, and, and yet it's supply. They try to tax it. You can't tax it. And we, of course, have this so-called speculation tax. You have to deal with it. I mean, there's a lot going on here. But uh, affordability has to be approached in a serious manner by all three levels of government. So what, what is your advice for someone like me? What is the right course of action for me to do? Ultimately, it's about um, budgets, being aware of your financial means. And if that's buying a condominium to start with, That's where you start. You get into the market, and then you start riding the wave of equity as it comes and goes, because we're in cycles. Patience is key. Um, And I I have four daughters who are in their 30s, and my advice to them, as I give to anyone, is patience. Don't let yourself get emotionally caught up in this situation we are in right now. And if if you can find a condominium as a first-time home to get into that is within your financial means, do not stretch. We know interest rates are going to start creeping up, and it will be a creep. It's not going to be a sudden jump, but but that's always the way is work with a mortgage broker or your lender and, and be, don't be house poor where you got a, a home and nothing in it kind of thing. The, um, the attractiveness of Kelowna, though, wh- where's most of the people coming from? Do you, do you guys have those numbers? Or is it still from Calgary, kind of lower yeah. mainland? It's anecdotal in nature, but we know it's the lower mainland that really drives the market here in the valley and in Kelowna. Uh, certainly Toronto, people coming mm-hmm. from central Canada, uh, Alberta. And now that they're joined the party, because it was seven tough years in Alberta with mm-hmm. the resource pricing the way it had gone... Now oil's come back, and this particular market nature, the way it is, Alberta is deemed one of the most affordable markets in the country. And so they're seeing great growth. And so that means more people will be coming to Kelowna from Alberta. Um, Yeah. So Vancouver, obviously the prices are quite a bit higher. There, People can come here and buy a a very nice home and still have a lot of money to kind of live the lifestyle they want to live. Will Kelowna at some point spill over into other areas in the Okanagan, or does that just continue to creep like the Vernons, the Penticton's, and further into the smaller Oliver Soyuz kind of thing, and then, you know, yes. even in the Cusp and, and then some of the outside regions? Are we seeing that already? Or? Yes, we are seeing that now, and that will continue to grow. It's sort of going to be the Okanagan metropolitan area, I, I re- and that has been talked about before, about how eventually the... The three main communities, Penticton, Kelowna, Vernon, will slowly just sort of merge together. I mean, there will be breaks. But the Greater Okanagan be, Valley? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're going to become a metropolitan area, which, you know, boggles the mind for those. I've been here 35 years, and it's, uh, yeah, it's a big change. You've been here 35 years, as you just said. What is the biggest change that you've seen in the real estate market and in the city of Kelowna? 
I think just what we've been talking about yeah. is this expansion of the market. Kelowna has always been sort of the destination. And the key that really changed Kelowna was when the connector, the coke and the connector was built and the rubber wheel traffic came to be much easier rather than the whole Princeton, which and of course now with the rain that we... I would, I would add to that the airport, the yes, international airport, absolutely. UBCO, all, all those of kind of things, KGH together. kind of thing of all the kind of... I mean, know, we're a, a university town with... Yeah. The, that brought a lot for sure. students right? yeah. around Because that brought the people that could actually work here too. And then the Landmark District obviously is another big draw yeah. right now too. Right, Kelowna's really grown into mm. a city of its own. Yeah, and when I grew up in this area too, it goes back quite a ways. <laughs> Penticton was the place to be for us when we were young. Yeah. It was the the place to go. The August long it, weekend. <laughs> it had the mall. It had the it had the airport and everything. And, and then so it was uh, the first stop. And it was Princeton. Yeah, and then there was the riot, and then, then you know things yeah. kind of changed. Uh, sure. I was in. I lived in Penticton. Oh, did when you? That occurred. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> And they kind of shut the town down, and that kind of as I mean, they have some other land issues there too. They were kind of like they don't have as didn't have as much expansion ability. Where do you see the future of Kelowna, say 10, 20 years? Like, how do you see, like we see the sky, the skyline change quite a bit, and it looks like it's changing at an you know an increasing rate. Where do you see it in 10, 20 years? That's going to continue, of course. Um, pros and cons to that, naturally. I think the the challenge that our city council and administration has is infrastructure and and lake crossing and you know the one thing you mentioned Penticton and I lived there for four years and they had that bypass which is now not not so much a bypass but traffic could get around Penticton and continue up the valley relatively easily that's the biggest challenge that Kelowna faces is infrastructure transportation and and addressing the growth that will continue in this area and uh, and ensuring the quality of life remains because that's what draws people here to start with. And cost per square foot has increased dramatically. And I think a lot of the new projects that have gone online are now over the thousand dollars a square foot. That was, you know, like it seemed like, you know, there were eight, nine hundred and compared to Vancouver, that's still reasonable. And Toronto, yes, yes. So, but you know, like uh, for a lot of people in Kelowna, I know people say oh, that's over a thousand bucks a square foot, and some, you know, the penthouses are you know quite a bit higher, but there's a premium on those. Is that going to continue to increase? Are we going to see that in Vancouver type prices at some point? Or there's always going to be a differential between Vancouver and Toronto cost to build prices and and smaller cities. Uh, Kelowna will enjoy that cost differential it becomes a bit of a psychological thing though you suddenly wow Kelowna I mean I remember when kind of thing <laughs> and 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 but that changes and and so yeah we'll always enjoy uh, a lower cost in that area at least historically that's been the case and I don't think I certainly don't see that changing and then the green um the movement to green. Are we seeing a lot of homeowners ask for that now? Are they asking for net zero and, and more energy uh, efficient homes? Or is that still something that's more at the higher end that people can, you know, like that's more of a want or a wish list as opposed to yeah. a want? Or? I, I can't give you any statistical information other than uh, we have four daughters and our third one is an architect in Toronto. And from what she hears and experiences, it's not in your spec kind of average home, 
but when it comes to commercial building and mm-hmm. the high-end luxury yeah, the wish, end, more the wish that's side, where yeah. there's that's a little a, more effect. According to this report, it said 43% of Canadians are looking yeah. to, are factoring that in their decision-making. Yeah. But I think it's more probably at the higher end where they Absolutely. can kind of, because I, I know a lot of that stuff is more expensive when you're putting it in. Yeah, and that came through our consumer survey with Leger where we had that feedback to us. So, yeah. So... What's the advice? I know we talked about millennials getting into the into the space. So there is a lot of baby boomers sitting on some equity. So are they selling those bigger homes and downsizing now? Or are they because of the way that the kind of that shift to work from home life? So are they going to hang on to those properties and pass those on to the millennials? Because you know, like mm-hmm. that that first that drive to downsize, move into smaller space, and all of a sudden, hey, I can work from home. I need the space. Yeah, the, the baby boom shift has been occurring now for 15 years, started 15 years ago. The downsize, uh, retain equity, and, and use it for lifestyle or legacy. And that's where we saw a big push 10 years ago in recreational property because of the lifestyle desire for baby boomers and the idea of legacy to their children and grandchildren to provide lifestyle because we all remember as children good times at the lake um, and that's what's influenced Kelowna and so that we are now at the tail end of that trend because uh, I'm at the trail personally I'm 65 at the trail end of that generation and and so now we're seeing the forgotten generation which is sort of gen y sort of thing <laughs> because they were sandwiched in between the millennials and boomers and and uh, kind of getting some benefits there. But it really, we're also talking about the great resignation that's going on right now, that term that's come about. And actually, that's really not occurring in the fact that a lot of the people who have the opportunity to resign are not resigning from work. They're in, instead pursuing passion. And, and that's a great opportunity that we're seeing occur right now yeah i think more of a shift than a resignation yes. I, think I sometimes like to use buzzwords though right? yes <laughs> <laughs> what do you see in the future like colonus um 20 increase what's 2022 look like 2023 2024 can people basically in your opinion buy a home and, and rest assured that that's going to continue to increase in value well, there's never any guarantee, and crystal balls can become pretty hazy, but we know that the market is going to return to more conventional rhythms now. We've already started to see that. Um, our crystal ball for 22 for Kelowna is half of the, what we've experienced, a 9% price increase, a drop in unit sales uh, corresponding with that to more normal, but it's still going to be very busy uh, here in the market. And it's really going to be key to inventory. We know that interest rates are going to start creeping up and so that there will be kind of a rebalancing to use stock market or financial planning terms of the marketplace. But real estate will continue to be a good personal investment as for a personal home. Um, I've been asked, you know, are we going to see a bubble burst to the market? And the economic underpinnings aren't there to to say that. But we can say that whenever, when the Great Recession hit, you know, and two months later, I should have seen it. <laughs> you know, we, we are always late. Hindsight's great, right? <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but, but still, yeah. Where's, where's most of that energy going to be? Is it the single family home? Is it the condo? Is it the townhouse? Or where, where it's do you going to be spread the, evenly throughout yeah. the market. Single family will, of course, always lead the market with demand. But uh, for Kelowna, um, you know, condominiums and townhouses will continue to be active because of people looking for second residences in Kelowna and for first-time home buyers. Uh, the, we continue to grow our economic base here locally. The high-tech sector is very healthy. Um, KF Aerospace is growing. I have a son-in-law that works there, and they can't keep up with the demand. It's, uh, it, uh, I mean, it's a pretty good picture for Kelowna. And I think as we get into 23 and 24, there's going to be also be a bit of a yin-yang thing go on. People that have moved out to the country, so to speak, are going to suddenly find that uh, this isn't quite what they thought it would be. And especially if they bought recreational property and the septic field mm. fails or mm-hmm. the water pressure all right. of a sudden you just don't call Who do you call <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i grew up on the farm in saskatchewan so i'm kind of used to that but yeah. uh there's going to be these Who realities this, yeah. these these things <laughs> pop up so there's going to be a bit of a flow back as well mm-hmm. the um i think i lost what i was going to ask you have something you want to I know. I was just going to ask. You said so. Gone are the days of having a family home with a yard. Is kind of no, no. I didn't say that. That's what's coming back because mm-hmm. the there was this theory that millennials were the urbanites, right? They wanted to live downtown, but they launched late. And my children are like that. They married later, children later, and they have the children suddenly. I want the backyard. It's hard to raise a family in a 500 square feet. For sure. Yeah. Exactly. So that that was my question that I yeah. got lost on is, <laughs> is what are the wants now in a home? I know lots of times it was the kitchen and the, and the family room was kind of like a big shift. Is it the in-law suite there to, to, to help the rent? Is it the outdoor kitchen kind of thing? Or what are the bigger desires? Yeah, I mean, yeah, especially for younger first-time home buyers, even the younger move-over buyers, we say the move-up, move-over buyer. They're already in the market, and they're going from a condo to a smaller detached home. Um, I mean, that, that income helper, having a suite... Uh, is really important. That is to, one to way that affordable. younger people can get into homes yes, too, right? exactly. Um, and there's been the shift from the formal, we've seen this years ago though, but that has just stayed the great room concept, the family getting together. And so th- that generations don't change in yeah. that regard. Well, that so, living room, dining room is kind of gone. It's more like the great room, yeah, family room, exactly. as opposed to like having all the rooms, having bigger, Kitchen's always been the focus. Yeah. People gather at the table and, you know, whether in my, I, and when I was a child, my parents and grandparents getting together every Sunday night to play canasta. <laughs> People still get together. It's just different. Yeah. Anything that we missed that you want to talk about that you know, we should highlight? I, I think, again, what, what I always want to reinforce especially with younger couples and people getting into their first home is stay within your means, be patient. Uh, That right home will come along that that you can afford. It'll be a stretch. It's always uncomfortable, but at first, but it'll happen. And, and uh, yeah, it'll be there. There's a lot of younger people that that I know that are a little bit frustrated, even if they have the money to buy. It's just that they were kind of like in these bidding wars. and, And I know one of the young ladies in this office here, 
you know, had 30 minutes to make a decision whether she wanted to buy the house. You know, there's eight people bidding on it. Will that cool off a bit so they can have some yes. time to think a little bit? That's the good news for 22. I, I, we believe firmly that we're going to see this this sort of softening of demand somewhat to give people a little bit of space. And you have more than half an hour to decide whether you want to spend $800,000. It's really stressful. It's stressful for, unless you're the seller, it's even stressful for the seller. You get all these offers and how do you deal with it all? Now you think, did I get enough? I could have got more. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of crazy for sure. I think that is one of the, I mean, it's a big purchase and, to have limited time to make a decision is kind of tough, yeah. especially if it's yeah. your first home. Yeah, so again, patience. Patience is key. Yeah, I feel like I'm going to rent forever, but uh, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. I, I do have one question on the rental thing that, that Sarah brings up, rental. Are we seeing, like we're seeing in the United States and in Toronto, like a lot of corporate buying? Are we seeing a lot of like large hedge fund buying properties here in Kelowna? or? And turning them into rental properties, I, I would think that's more in major cities. But yeah, no, no, we're not. Um, there's always going to be investors, but in Kelowna, it's more local. And investors are healthy for the market right now because it is rental product that then comes back onto the market. There hasn't been enough. Although then Kelowna has had some good, like Mission Group, for example, have, have bought mm-hmm. you know rent uh, specific property yeah. uh, and been imaginative around it. Right. So Kelowna is very fortunate compared to other communities that way. Yeah, Zillow had their strategy, one of the bigger realtor, real estate companies in the States. Yeah, it's, they just canceled. They, they, yeah, they, uh, I think they changed a little bit of that strategy just recently. They were buying properties. I buying. They have 14,000 properties they're trying to deal with. Um, they've just canceled a bunch of contracts. Um, I buying, which is home guarantees, and in British Columbia... If anyone was around 1981 with Block Brothers, that's what killed that company. Mm. Um, it's a high-risk business, and Zillow could see the market shifting and decide to make some unpopular business decisions. And I buying, you know, Canada hasn't seen a lot of that. Now, there's some hedge funds in the U.S. I think that have like 80,000 homes on their yeah. on their balance sheet and stuff like that, and their you know rental rental units and obviously they've seen great increases in their real Especially, estate valuations as well. I mean they bought a lot of homes in 2010 doing that 2009 2010 11 mm-hmm. and then saw 35 40% price increases especially in the US Sunbelt California Arizona Florida and that is calmed down now and yeah I've seen charts that show real estate is you know still one of the best investments that you can make Compared to the you know stock market, obviously you can pick stocks and do better. But like if, if you look at indexes, yeah. and that real estate is t- typically returned. You yeah, know. and you can't live in a mutual fund. <laughs> you can't live in a mutual fund. <laughs> well, I thank you for your time today. It's been fun. You're welcome. My pleasure. That's the end of today's conversation. If you have any topics that you'd like to have featured, please email Sarah Gouda at sgouda at nowmediagroup.ca. That's S-G-O-U-D-A at nowmediagroup.ca.